My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome everyone to the podcast. I'd like to introduce our returning guest, first one, Mike Burnside of Mike and Kinsey. Hello, Thank Sean. Thank you for coming on. Hey, Sean, good to be back. Hey, it's great to see you back. I know I've been wanting to get you guys back on for a very long time. I mean, seeing you and Kinsey and just seeing her adventures on Instagram doesn't cut it. I said I was going to get you guys back on, and, well, finally got you guys back on. Yeah, I was trying to think. When was uh, – how long has it been since uh, I was on that time? Well. Well, I can look right now, actually. I got to have that up, actually, so I can look. But that was a while ago, actually. I think, oh, wow. That was episode three back in January of 2022. That would have been my guess. I was thinking early spring last year. So early spring and it actually was still the freezing time, but I think we actually recorded in December of the 2021, didn't we? That's probably, yeah, that's probably right. Because that was, yeah. So yeah, it's been a year and a half later. So it's, I, I think it's enough time has passed that we can now say new things have happened since oh, uh, yeah. we've last talked. Yeah. So what, uh, what is the freshest thing that's happened? We'll, we go backwards from here. We'll go, do that. You know, the, uh, of course she's got activities. She does all the time. Like you see, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the, the biggest excitement this summer was when she went noodling for catfish using her foot. Uh, that was no kidding. Yeah. I mean, that, that was uh really, really cool. Uh, you know, uh, a girl we know. I call her girl. Everybody's a girl or a boy to me anymore because I'm I'm getting so old. Uh, but t- she is a local local TV news anchor, morning news anchor. Oh, nice! And she uh, that is her and her husband's specialty. I mean they they are catfish noodling uh, phenom phenoms. I mean it's just nice. you know during the summer. I mean, every weekend they're out in the water. I think the biggest she has caught, yeah, I'm just going to go by guessing, but it's in the 50 pound range. Uh, yeah, and those things can get pretty heavy. Oh, yeah. You know, and her husband, I talked to Matt, I asked him, and he said the biggest he's caught is 71 pounds. And, you know, for that is a lot of meat. For those who don't know what uh, noodling is, I mean, you're going into the water. You're finding a hole underneath a rock uh, where these catfish mm-hmm. catfish lay lay in there when they lay their eggs and they protect their nest and everything. And uh, when they talk about noodling, you're grab your sometimes you're grabbing them by the mouth, they open their mouth, or sometimes they're grabbing your hand. I mean, it's they're protecting that hole, and then you're it's a fight to get them out. And I when I went with uh, when Kenzie and I and the wife went uh, with them. I actually noodled two. The first time I'd ever done it, I caught one seventeen pounds. And uh, mm. I'll tell you, when you're when you any any catfish is big when you're underwater trying to uh, get it to come out of a hole and it grabs a hold of your hand and you're fighting trying to hold it to get it up out of the water. Yeah, I've seen uh, the father daughter duo of. Uh, Hannah and Jeff Barron yeah. do a couple of bits on there. And yeah, they can do some serious uh, damage in terms of, uh, I think she coined it as catfish kisses on her arm. Yeah. I've seen her. And they, uh, I've seen her yeah. bruises on her arms and legs. Yeah. And I think it's also, it actually hurt her arm one time or hand. It was like, if you're not careful with noodling, they could quite literally twist and move your arm and everything in the wrong way. Oh, yeah. And they talk about blue cats. 
I was really thankful that Kinsey didn't, uh, you know, get, didn't get into a blue cat because they talk about blue cats are really are, are really aggressive. You know, they will just mm-hmm. in that hole they will hit your hand. And oh. uh, in Kinsey's and what we did in Kinsey's uh, experience, you know, uh, they knew the holes where the catfish were at, typically going to be at, and uh, I held Kinsey in the water. And uh, they would guide her foot into the hole, and she mm-hmm. had she had socks on, and you could see in her reaction, you could tell when the catfish grabbed her foot, <laughs> uh, and she caught nice. She, she caught two, uh, one twenty pounder, and uh, one about seventeen pounds, and you know that's uh, yeah, it was it was a really neat experience. I mean, Kenzie. Uh, you know, something you think never could ever happen. I never th- even thought I'd do it, let alone uh, right. somebody's in a wheelchair be able to uh, get out there and, and go foot noodling. Yeah. I got a buddy of mine out of New Jersey. Uh, I saw him do it one time in one of his uh, pictures or videos on, on Instagram. And he's in a wheelchair bound too. So yeah, you can do it. Oh yeah. It just takes a little bit of little bit of practice and a lot of planning. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh the planning and preparation and uh figuring out how to get get to and from the hole. I mean that's that mm-hmm. that becomes a whole different whole different struggle. I noticed uh and I'm just going off of memory here, but I thought I saw Kinsey was wearing the flotation device to ensure she stayed upright and everything. So Yeah. Yeah, you know, we we had her in a okay, good. yeah we had her in a it's it's like a life vest but it it supports her head where her head mm-hmm. can't go into water you know so we we've, we've always got oh. that on that's cool I'd like to do one of those have just like that sort of thing and just float down the river instead of doing tubing just oh yeah floating down with one of those dude that'd be awesome yeah just yeah, make sure a, you're buoyant on that's that's the last uh exciting thing we did i was trying to think uh you know she did her regular activities this spring snow skiing we did go turkey hunting didn't didn't get a turkey uh hey not we're in the same boat but i actually got a draw this year for a three-day hunt so that was good oh yeah 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 that would be uh yeah, that'd be tough. We can we can we can get one, you know, one turkey over the counter. Uh but it's even getting hard. Yeah. It's getting hard. I you know, I went turkey in by myself and uh two different areas and I couldn't even get one. You know, it's getting a little bit tougher mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, it's just the areas you've got low bird count for the this season or Yeah. Yeah, low bird count. You know, they're still trying to figure out why it's gotten uh, lower. But that's just part of part of it, and uh, you have to adjust your strategies. Well, I think uh, I think I saw or read somewhere. I think I was hearing it on a podcast about how it's like a trifecta approach, like meso predators such as skunks, possums, and raccoons are killing the ground nesting birds, then eating their eggs, and then I think it's hunting, but. Usually, you don't hunt the females, anyways. Yeah, you know the so the biggest theory that I hear that makes sense is raccoons. Our raccoon numbers are just in, incredible. You know they don't. Get hunted. I I hear they, you on that one. They don't get hunted anymore, and like you said, uh, they find a nest and they'll just sit there and eat every egg there is. I had um, out of my chicken coop. I had through four ducks and five chickens i'm down to two chickens and one duck coons got in and it was one duck two ducks two chickens and i said screw that so we my wife and i blocked them off the rest of them off so they couldn't get in i set live traps and caught the massivest two coons ever 
And yeah, they keep on coming back and back and back till there's nothing left. Oh yeah. So, do you think about taking Kenzie on some coon hunts this year? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going if I'm going to take her, but I'm definitely gonna. There's going to be a few I'm going to be on myself, and I'm going to get some. I'm going to do some trapping also. Oh uh, yeah, I'm. You bring Kenzie along for the trapping, just to check the traps. She's going to claim those are hers. Oh yeah, she definitely will. Yeah. She'll she'll say I got one and she got you know three four whatever that number is. You're going to use uh, live traps or conivers? You know the uh, the best uh, I, uh, live traps are what I've been using. Uh, the mm-hmm. everybody I've talked to that uh, you know has been trapping knows what they're doing. Let me put it that way. They use the, mm-hmm. the, the it's not the it's not the foothold trap you think of. I'm trying to think what it's called, but it's where they stick their hand in it. It's like a piece of pipe. Mm-hmm. They stick their hand in it to grab the bait and it grabs their grabs oh. their paw. You know, they're they can't get they can't get to where they can chew their leg off. Oh, never seen those before. And, you know, I looked them up, uh I think it was Shields I was looking at. I was like, okay, I'm gonna order some of those. Because I know guys that, you know, they stick their they stick their uh front foot in there all the way trying to grab that bait and they trip it and it locks in on their arm and they can't, they can't do anything. Yeah. It definitely saves you when you have to dispatch them with either a BB gun or something, you can get closer to them. You don't have to reach through a cage and pray to God they're moving or whatnot. Yeah. Boom. And and they're not going to chew anything off to get away. I mean, they're, they're there waiting for you the next morning. Well, that's nice. Now I'm going to think about that. What? I mean, just whole arm traps, I'm thinking is what they would be called. But what did you say they were called again? They're uh, uh, dog proof. I just thought it was called dog proof trap. Dog proof raccoon trap. Oh, that's cool. They're $14.99 at Royal King. You got a Royal King nearby? No, we don't. Yeah, uh, I got one. I, <laughs> yeah, I think I got. I got one up in Fort Wayne, which is about a forty-five minute drive. Not too terrible. <laughs> you get used to it after a while. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, my brother he goes up to Fort Wayne repeatedly nightly i think it is i'm like how do you burn through that gas and justify it oh the way the way gas prices are right now it's like yeah yeah i'm they're down to i think three forty nine today i think that's what i saw so, 349 today when i was out that's still pricey yeah i mean yeah i I now have a 2013 Chevy, uh, not Chevy, GMC Sierra 1500. So, yeah, my tank is eating a lot more gas. Yeah. yeah. 50 bucks is a lot. So, you can obviously uh, take uh, Kinsey on the hunting trip, uh, the hunting trips this year and the trapping of the raccoons. T- for the vengeance against the turkeys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any waterfowl or anything like that you, you plan on this year? No. Uh, no waterfowl. We did. I took her on a, uh, and I think it was January, December, January this year. I took her on a, a dis- disability hunt, but we didn't even, we didn't mm-hmm. even, we didn't take shotguns. I just, she just wanted to watch it. You know, just to watch no, no, ducks and everything coming in. So, yeah, that was a great experience for them. You know, they, uh, it was a small city lake, not too far from here, you know, about 40 minutes. And, uh, she got to see That's ducks and geese flying in. You know, so that was, a, yeah. that was a neat experience for her. Yeah, I know I talked to about two episodes previously with, uh, New Mexico. Dear good Lord, now my mind's off. In the deep end as usual. <laughs> yep. Gotta love getting up early is what I did. It was, um, 
Impact Outdoors New Mexico. And they work on uh, duck blinds and whatnot. And they are just waterfowl habitat lovers. Yeah, New Mexico so. has, there's some areas out there that has some great waterfowl, you know, great flyway. Yep. Hopefully this year I get in some waterfowl of my own. <laughs> so what, when, uh, how was the uh, hunting list past year in terms of deer? You know, it was uh, trying to think. Uh, I know we had to do more. We we did though a white-tailed deer hunt here on our property, mm-hmm. and she got a she got a nice eight point. You know, she was oh. of course whatever she gets, she's tickled to death. But it was a uh, me, her, and mom uh, set up a guide, set up a ground blind for. Her. Uh, she got a nice, nice buck, and I was trying to think. Seems like, uh, oh, uh, she did do a, uh, she got another smaller buck. He was a, you know, he'd be classified as a three point, but he'd broke off three other times. You know, he was a, he was uh-huh. a young six point. It was a management buck, uh, ranch and said, oh. Hey, you know, bring her up. We've got some bucks we need to call out. And, uh, he was one of them. And so she got that in January. And nice. uh, so she got the she got those two bucks. I mean, she had a she had a good fall. But we've got uh, yeah, we got high hopes because I just in the last week and a half I got her a crossbow, and uh, I hooked up her vacuum actuator. She fires it with that vacuum actuator tube, mm-hmm. and uh, got to get it sighted in. But that will add a uh, yeah, that adds another possibility of. Oh, four, I think four deer, you know, between, uh, you know, she can kill the archery. And then between our, yeah. uh, between the, uh, they've got different antlerless seasons, bonus antlerless, this and that. I mean, if we wanted to, mm-hmm. if she wanted to, I think she could kill seven deer, you know, here this fall. But wow. uh, we do need to. Now, is that. Is that just in your county, or is that overall state? That's pretty much statewide. It will vary a little bit. Uh, I mean, in Oklahoma, you're going to be able to kill anywhere from around five to seven, depending on what area you're in. You know, we won't. Uh, of course, we're not going to, and we're not going to hunt that many. But we do have a lot of does yep. that uh, I've told her. Her and I are going to are going to take care of some does around the house because we've got way too many. Yeah, last year I took a doe, and that was the only thing I, t- I harvested. And it was opening day, last light. And I'm not joking you, seven doe popped out into the open field. And I'm thinking to myself, and these are full-sized, not yearling fawns or two-year-olds, three-plus. I mean, they have at least, you know, 60, 70 pounds of meat on them. And I actually do believe I got about 75 pounds of meat off of her. And yeah, I took a shot. Three went into the staging area. The other one just stayed out there wondering what the heck's going on. Here comes the one doe I actually harvested back within range. I get ready and... As I'm reloading the crossbow and hiking it back, you know, pulling the string back, this deer is looking right at the blind and just staring at me. And then I take aim and she bounds about 10 feet closer or so and double lung. She literally stops and passes away where the buck I killed in 2021, the exact location. I mean, it's fun. Some of those, <clears throat> some of those areas, yeah, uh, it's it's neat to say, oh yeah, that's exactly where I got that one the year before, two years before. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it, especially with staging areas, when yeah, take them out in an open field, they head back to a staging area where they can. They know they're protected on three sides and they can see out into that field. And that's their instinct is to 
stop and look back to see what the danger was at. And then, well, they calm down. They go night night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have that too many times with uh, hunting. Oh yeah, yeah. They 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 like you said those does young bucks. They they'll make that mistake. Hey, let's look back. Where what was that that scared me? Yeah, mm-hmm. no big buck. Now nah, he takes off. Usually now nah, he might look back, but it's gonna be a long ways away. He's gonna make sure he's out of danger. That's the weird part. Is that I mean. It's so dense back where my big my big buck, I mean, he scored 141. I mean, he was at least a four-and-a-half, five-year-old. And, yeah, he stopped and turned around. I think it's because it's so dense back there. He knew that was literally the only area that they could see him from. So, I mean, it's very unique. Now, I no. know well, last time we discussed – Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Go ahead. Yeah. I know the last time we discussed uh, about your building, Kenzie, a um, makeshift blind that you can move around. You had any work done on that? No, I haven't. You know, I, I, that was, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy, I'm going to build that hay bale blind this summer. And I, I got to get started on that. Got to get started on it. You know, here it is. It's so hot. It's like, nope, I'm not getting started on it this year. I did. Uh, what I ended up last year, oh, middle of the season, I bought one of those Baronet blinds, uh, huge blind. Nice. You know, I will say it's it's nice because uh, it's got enough room for all three of us uh, at one time. So, yeah, that uh, I was like, okay, if I can if I can have that blind, yeah, I might not have to have a hay bale blind. Uh, right, lightweight. Easy to move around. Yeah. All you have to do is pick it up and move it, and it's got, she can move right underneath it. And I've got one and one end of it. It's a pentagon. It's got five sides. You can flip up one end, one one side all the way, so I can just wheel her in there, you know, and put that down, zip it back down. So that, that makes it nice, too. Nice. Now, do you use the uh, track chair much on the program? On your land, or is that just strictly for public? No, I'll tell you, we use the tractor basically every hunt she does uh, here on our land. We'll use the tractor. Mm -hmm. Um, That's been a uh, that's been a game changer for. uh, Mm -hmm. You know the yeah yeah between that and fishing, you know fishing it. We use it fishing here on the land and our deer hunts on the land uh, because. Mm -hmm. You know, we can just wheel out of here, be wherever. You know, if I hunt at the back of our property, I will load it up. I've got a little trailer that goes behind my uh, Polaris Ranger, and I'll just load it mm-hmm. up on it, you know, and unlo- offload it, put her in it, and uh, then just, you know, take the Ranger and the trailer and go park it off a ways. Nice. Now, do would you be using the track chair for any hunts outside of your property? Yeah, we have some. You know, it. Uh, trying to think. Uh, I mean, we have used it. We've taken it. Uh, we've used it in Texas quite a bit on hunts. We've gone down over there in the past few years. Um, mm-hmm. Now we went on a hunt in Colorado last year, where we didn't take it because we we went antelope hunting, and that. Uh, yeah. You know, it's you're getting in and out of the truck, and you know, and. It's, uh, I was like, you know, let's just take that portable, you know, portable power chair because I can fold it up, put it in the back of the truck. We can set up anywhere. So we went with that. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, I really wanted to use the track chair, but uh, I knew we were going to have to be so mobile that I'm glad. And I'm glad we did it the way we did because the track chair, you know, it wouldn't really give us a benefit because that little portable chair that I can fold up. You know, the ground was so hard, mm-hmm. it went anywhere we needed to. Well, have you ever thought about uh, seeing about acquiring, like, uh, another different variety or a different model? I know they have the Outrider US Outrider Coyote, and then they also have the Terrain Hopper, and there's a few other ones. But I know the Coyote would be great for open air 
Yeah. I've, just riding around. I've seen that coyote in action, and that looks so cool. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the problem. I want to go on one. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be fun. I've, you know, when I take our tractor, when I move it to one end of the house to the other, it's pretty neat just being in it, just taking a spin around the house. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, since we have to operate at four, I mean, she can operate it, you know, short distance, but it'll take her take you mm-hmm. forever if you're waiting on her. So we just operate the joystick itself, you know, uh, walk beside her. And um, yeah. I know, I know that uh, I talked to the owner of Outrider USA, the founder, and he says he's actually had requests, and they do custom builds where, hey, can I have a joystick model where I can operate it myself so I can take my child or special needs person, you know, move them around where they need to. So, yeah, I mean, it's a possibility. Yeah, you know, and we have, uh, you know, the first time actually she ever went deer hunting, well, we went to Illinois and uh, she used a tractor and you could take the joystick off and I walked behind her operating the joystick. Mm-hmm. You know, and that would be uh, something like that would be really neat to do it that way. You know, she'd think it was so Yeah. She'd think that was really neat. Uh, that that uh, coyote looks, looks like a lot of fun. And I know you can actually harvest animals from there because I had Lynette Jones uh, on previous episode where – She got that elk. She actually – yeah, she got the elk. I mean, that is a beautiful elk. Oh, to be yeah. able to do that in that piece of equipment is nice. Oh, yeah. Now, when you go out and do your out-of-state hunts or so, do you use any special type of app to track everything? Like, you know, Onyx? You know, I have over the past. I've had Onyx. You know, I actually used Onyx before. I really like it. We mm-hmm. haven't, I haven't had anything here you know, I haven't been out of state. Uh, oh, everywhere I've been in the last year or so, I've known the boundaries, know where I was at. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, this next year looks like I'm going to uh, have to use something like that. I mean, Onyx, I was really happy with how Onyx was before. And uh, yeah, we'll probably need to be yeah. using something like that. Yeah, I know they just got some new features and upgrades to their mapping and everything. And I talked to them recently about it and asked about it and I'm waiting to hear some stuff back about does Onyx list where handicap accessible zones are. And they said there, he's going to check with and see what's going on with that. So here's open. Oh, that'd be, that'd be neat. I mean, that's a, that would be a huge plus for disabled hunters, be able to know where those areas Mm -hmm. are and how to get to them. Yeah. Oh, especially for BLM lands and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, like I said, I talked to somebody. I will find out if it actually. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. about all I can say. Oh I, yeah. I, I just I just use the app. I I'm not in charge of the uh, technical aspects of it, and that's all them. And I trust them with their processes. <laughs> I mean, they deliver a sturdy app, a great app that's showcased a lot of stuff, even without some of the, you know, disability stuff, you can still see a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, heck, you can even show you the weather on there. I uh, had it pulled up. You could see this, the wildfires from Canada, where the smoke trail's coming at you on. And this was the first time in my, I think it was around July, late June, early, late June. That was the first time I've ever had wildfire smoke affect my state and ever that I can remember anyways. You know, it's, it's absolutely amazing what those, what those apps, like you're talking about, what they, what you can do with those now. I mean, you can see everything mm-hmm. imaginable. Stuff I didn't even dream I, right. that I would need. Now I think, okay, I need that on an app. Mm-hmm. Like you can see top, topographical uh, elevation literally on a 
an illustrated map instead of it just being a white map you can see tree lines on there you can then you get the lines for the actual elevation you can see trails you can see access points i mean yeah i mean it's just amazing features yeah and it definitely helps make it a lot easier to get to the areas you want to go to makes planning fun oh yeah yeah you spend you can spend a world of time planning because it opens up such a world to you you know that uh, it's like okay mm-hmm. you can see so many details you never even dreamed of yeah well so i know you guys did you bag any bucks this past year i know it, we went from that on x to back to bucks <laughs> you know i uh i didn't i didn't uh i didn't bag anything i've kind of got uh you know there's some does you know and i, I will say now if the right buck comes along yeah i'll shoot him but it's you know, I've got so many does I need to take out that, uh, yeah, I didn't, hey, I didn't the freezers anything. meet. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we were fortunate our freezer, you know, I got real picky last year because our freezer is so full. We went to Alaska on a fishing trip last summer and, uh, between, uh, there was five of us that went, you know, myself, Kenzie, mom, her brother, our daughter-in-law. And we brought back halibut, sockeye, salmon. And so we've got uh, a lot of fish in the freezer. I wish I could have went. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, did you use any uh, special guiding service or charity profit, or was this just a family trip? It was just a, just a family trip. Uh, nice. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, and you know, we got really lucky. I, I, mean, I will say with the guiding, we took that uh, portable uh, power chair. You know, like I said, I can mm-hmm. fold it up. It's about 60, 70 pounds. Uh, you can get on the airplane. And, uh, you know, the boats we went on, we were actually able to get it folded up, put on the boats, you know, and it worked out great. Of course, you run into the great staff. You know, it's the... It all depends mm-hmm. on what sort of uh, people that you are, are taking in. We were, we had just awesome people. Oh yeah, we can make it happen. And so, uh, yeah, we, those that that's the greatest thing when you have people that were saying, "Yes, we'll make certain that your daughter can come on the fishing trip, and everything's going to be taken care of." Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that makes it makes such a memory for her. It's like, yeah, I can go with y'all, and uh, you know, she can tell people, yeah, I caught halibut, I caught sockeye. It's like, yeah, how many people get to say that in, in, anyway? Yeah, right. How um, I she outfish everybody again? Oh yeah, she'll always, you know, she will always tell you, yeah, she she always catches more than me, no matter what. I'm not arguing back on that one. Yeah. I could be going fishing and chill with y'all and I'd still be like, yep, she won. Yeah. She's funny in how she, uh, she will, no matter what happens. Yeah. She, she was the, she won it all. (laughs) Hey, Hey, you went waterfowl hunting for the first time. Got all the, all the (laughs) ducks. Oh yeah. Yeah. We go fishing and somehow she'll catch, uh, Eight, and sometimes she'll even say, "Okay, Dad caught one." I was like, "Oh yeah, thank you for <laughs> thank you for letting me have one." Hey, it brings a smile to everybody's face, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I getting people out in the outdoors is one of the coolest things. I've got two nephews. I'm gonna be. Hopefully they got to take their uh, hunter's ed tests before hunting season kicks in. But if they do, I'll be bringing my nephews to you season for the first time. And that's just, it's something different when you're not behind the rifle or the crossbow or the bow or anything. It's very different when they're the ones that you're trying to showcase. 
Yeah. I mean, I have, I've only talked to people about that. I mean, I've talked to you about that, how uh, the experience is different, but to be in that position for me is going to be, it's like, prepare me, show me what it feels like. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's what, you know, I mean, like I said, I, if I kill anything in the fall, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. But when you get to see, take some other kid or somebody, you know, with you and you get to see their excitement, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, it makes it all worthwhile being able to, you know, to be able to just help them experience the outdoors. Mm Mm-hmm. I know my, uh, I had somebody tell me that their dad once, when they went hunting, it was, they put a target on them similar to, oh, that's a person at work that I didn't like. And so I put their face on it and did that. I'm like, that's not how you go out about teaching kids yeah. about hunting. Yeah. You, you want to showcasing them conservation. You want to teach them efficacy. You want to showcase to them doing it the right way and enjoying it for the food aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. I know the antlers are impressive and that they can regrow them every single year. But yeah, I mean, without the efficacy behind it, it, you might as well just kiss the species goodbye again. Yeah. Yeah, teach them well, why we want to manage it, how we want to conserve it, so we can use it for gen- you know, have it available to hunt for generations. I know. I think it was. I think Clay Newcomb said this. He was talking about Arkansas's deer population in 1906. The harvest for that no, it was 1960. It was the harvest for 1960 was. 20,000 deer or 2,000. No, it was 2,000 deer, I think. I could be off a little bit. I'm just going off the top of my head. But they said State Farm reported in 2021 that that number was how many are hit by cars every year. And I think it was actually 20,000. It could be wrong, but... I can believe I know... Oh, yeah. I know Indiana harvested last year, I'm going to say three, two to 300,000 deer. Yeah, uh, it's it's crazy from when I was young. I mean, you know, when you, if you saw a deer, yeah, that was, that was a rare thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I mean, I see them every day. Somewhere, somewhere I'm going to see deer. Yeah, and that's thanks to the North American conservation model. I mean, without it, I mean, they're actually stating that we have reached pre-European settlement numbers for white-tailed deer in the United States. I mean, we're at 30 million plus. That's uh, a crazy number. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, the fact that they can give birth two times a year if, if they need to give birth to two to four birth, uh, upwards of four at a time if need be given the circuit you know situation how much food's available what their numbers are i mean they literally can bounce back within a single year I mean, that is just amazing that future generations can grow up and enjoy that. And I know that Kinsey and you enjoy it. And I know you get to enjoy oh, seeing yeah. Kinsey's face light up. And I've seen the, I've seen video, the videos you posted of her lighting up with joy every time she sees a deer. Oh yeah. I know. Yeah, And, and, and you think about the impact that, uh, you know, us donating those deer to our local food pantry. You know, there's mm-hmm. these rural communities. I mean, they love, they love venison. It's like, you know, and, and, uh, the difference that we're able to help make, you know, the, in our community, just putting food on somebody's table. Mm-hmm. Food that is ethically harvest food that is, you know, you know, it was properly taken 
And yeah. Knowing it's going to feed someone's belly off all winter long and into the spring. Yeah. Now, do you guys donate food every year? Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, yeah, we've been, we've been blessed that, uh, like I said, uh, whitetails, we can, you know, I, I would say between, uh, between does and Kinsey, you know, like uh, last year, Kinsey got the two bucks and, uh, got that antelope. You know, that was a good start towards the, you know, freezer itself. And then by the time, you yeah. know, with our two ponds, you know, we catch a lot of fish all year long. Then we had all the, so we'll, we'll donate, uh, you know, if nothing else, I was trying to think, I know we donated, we donated some venison last year. Uh, I was trying to think what I got. I know I, I got one doe and then my daughter-in-law, she got a buck here. So, you know, we had, nice. so we had, uh, we had plenty of deer meat, and we donated some of it. And we donated fish also, you know. And and Kenzie nice. just loves it, you know. Go taking taking some bass down there and taking some deer, and uh, food pantry loves it too. You know, they're they're all for wild game, you know, be it meat or fish. Yeah, I mean that's something some people don't even get to have the ability to get and to be able to have some. Yeah, and that's awesome. Now, is there any upcoming, I know we went from the past events to now we're going to future events. Is there anything coming up within this season or maybe next year that you guys got planned for Kinsey? You know, the, uh, there's some different possibilities. Uh, one, uh, we know some people that uh, has set up a foundation <clears throat> Excuse me, in uh, North Carolina and they've talked to us. They want us to come uh, for Kenzie to come out there bear hunting. And uh, their daughter, their daughter's passed away. You know, they set this foundation mm-hmm. because she she had a brain cancer, but they she loved to hunt and fish. They set the foundation, and we've known them. And uh, so next year, I think we're planning on taking her out to North Carolina for bear hunting. And nice. We might. That's kind of all we've got planned right now. You know, it's like uh, there's there's always somebody will talk uh, to me. You know, hey, bring Kenzie out, do this, that. You know, nothing, you know, nothing we've really uh, explored enough. Let me put it that way. You know, we've. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd say bear hunting is pretty well a bucket list item on anyone's. Oh yeah. Unless you're doing it every. Uh, for me, Indiana has no bear, so. It's that's a bucket list item for me. You know, I'm I'm surprised uh, until the past few years. I didn't realize North Carolina had so many bears. Uh, I was like, well, yeah, you know, it. I kind of talked Kinsey into it, and uh, they told us, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be scary. You know, the bears aren't going to be right close to us and everything. So, mm-hmm. uh, and the other thing, I uh, we're going to do a hog hunt. You know, it's one thing we've never done, uh, but I know one guy here, and he's like, hey, let's take Kenzie Hogg on him. And, um, nice. So we are going to do that sometime. I think this fall we'll try to do that. Oh, that's going to be some good food. Oh, yeah. Now, is it going to be a day hunt on the fall hog hunt or knife hunting? It'll be a day hunt. Mm. Yeah, that'll be really fun trying to get the sights in for a night vision scope for a hog hunt. That'd be really fun. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That would be neat. I would like Uh, to do that myself. I know I talked to a buddy of mine, Ryan Bodwin, when he was on, he was telling about a story, how he get, he took a fellow veteran out and he tried night vision hunting for the first time and, because you can't see depth procession with the night vision on, you'd have to have a rangefinder hooked up with it. And I don't know if he had it or not. He was missing that hog every time. And so they let the dogs out and he had to spear it. And dudes, he was saying that that guy was shaken with just the energy. The animal was given out just like, I mean, that's primal. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that would be uh, spearing, spearing a hog would be, that's an ultimate. I mean, like I said, that, that would be primal. Mm-hmm. And I just saw, like, we had a tractor supply come in, and they have spears there. Now I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> Honey, why is there a spear in our house now? <laughs> yeah. No reason. Here, Mr. Raccoon. Yeah, I'm going out with the, I'm going out with the guys tonight. Mm-hmm. Little little pains eating chickens and ducks of mine. But yeah, for the bear hunt, I wanted to ask about that. Is that gonna be a baited bear hunt or they use dogs. <coughs> they've got oh. some, they've got GPS collars on them. Uh you know, they can see when they finally bait and you know, you can go to where they're at. Uh, you know, especially yeah. with Kenzie, you know, we can load her up in a, uh, you know, some sort of side by side and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they can see where all the dogs are, have locked in a position. They know that they've got some sort of bear, you know, bear. So it uh, would treatment. be more open feet. It, it's not really hilly or thick. It's just more open area basically out there or. Well, now they talk like it's pretty hilly. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, yeah, yeah you know, but, uh. But yeah, they have, must have good, uh, you know, like logging trails, Pathways. stuff like that, where yeah. they can follow around everywhere. Yeah. I know I talked to, this is really early on too. I mean, a lot of the guests that I'm referencing have been really early on. Uh, Shannon Cortman, he went at a bear hunt in Michigan. He They couldn't even use the track chair. They ended up, what they end up doing is carrying him on his backs and, <laughs> reality is they probably needed to put him on a stretcher or something just carrying him that way because up there apparently it is so dense modern technology remember, can't make it uh, through watching i remember watching part of his hunt and yeah that, like you said they had him they had him on their back you know carrying him through those places and i was like wow that's mm-hmm. uh yeah that's thick yeah so maybe you sh- uh for maybe getting on x to see what the terrain's like over there yeah no kidding find the best path e-scouting to get mm-hmm. like oh crap we're gonna have to walk <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why i think the two or three man a two-man stretcher style uh thing would just work perfectly. Have the backpack with all the shooting equipment on so you could set it up afterwards and just pull her along. Have one guy carrying the backpack, two people carrying her, walking through the woods if it's hilly. Have another person in the, a couple of people on the side in case you need, you know, balance or something like that so nobody topples over. Yeah. I know. I'm thinking if this, if what I would do. Yeah, what's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just seeing from what what they did in Hunters for Life and then seeing what, you know, if it's going to be a similar scenario, contingency, contingency plans. Yeah. Yeah, have yeah. a good backup plan. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys keep uh, – I know we're sk- switching subjects again. I'm good, to let, good for that. <laughs> but uh, do you guys keep trail cameras out on your f- fields? You know, on your uh, property, I do. Uh, I actually probably about the last three weeks, I fired up a couple of them. You know, I don't, I won't use them all year long because you know mm-hmm. I know where they're trim, know where they're historically traveling. But uh, yeah, I like to see the summer growth. What sort of uh, what sort of bucks are presenting themselves? <clears throat> And, you know, ours are, yeah. uh, we get so many, uh, we're on the edge of prairie. When the rut when the rut starts happening, we get so many new does and so many bucks coming in from other areas check those. You know, there's, I'll see so many deer I never saw before. So, you know, from my, in my position, I don't get that excited other than just seeing the horn growth because mm-hmm. I know, I know come fall, 
you know, people talk about, oh, yeah, I've been watching this one for months. It's like, no, I've only seen that one two days ago. You know, it's a whole different crew. So, yeah. But, yeah, I do. I've, I started running about three weeks ago. I fired them up. I've only got one trail cam. It's a cell trail trail cam that I keep out year round. One, I think this recent night I saw either it was a fox or a coyote running through. I've seen an army of five raccoons through it. Yeah, right. Literally five of them right on the ground just holding through like it was nothing. I saw a oh, dog yeah. and I saw one buck that's came back a second time on cam and he is now grown into a nice eight pointer. So, and he's still got two more months till it's time. So, and I've been watching the yearling fawn that it has been on the property. That to me is the best part right there is the yearling fawns. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, just seeing the playfulness of them and then just seeing them go into a yearling fawn that without any spots and then during season just see them walk through not even realize you're there and you just let them pass because you know that's the best thing to do yeah yeah they're young uh, they're, they're still learning I've got a yearling at close to the house at least every other day she goes behind her house <clears throat> and when I let her dog out in the morning before it gets light, she will, you know, I could, this morning I saw, oh, in the light, I could see the deer running. I was like, yeah, the dog is chasing the deer, trying to get him away from the uh, house. Yeah. I know it's, it's different. I mean, I, I think it's more or less for me, uh, it's trail cams with the, yearling fawns but just have them grow up and be used to a human around them so that they don't get scared to run away i mean when i started hunting the private property that i have been for the past several years i ended up harvesting two yearling fawns you know didn't know any better they had no spots on them you know shot them then come to find out they're really small and I only got about 25 pounds of meat out of them. I'm like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And so I, if they're smaller than everything else, I'm not touching them. Yeah. I mean. And sometimes, it, sometimes it's hard. If you don't have that little deer for comparison, size comparison, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. how big is that? You know, I think, okay, that's a good – that's a full size doe. Then you, then a doe comes and like, oh no, that's a yearling. Yeah, I'm literally half tempted to put on a tree like a marker, like minimum height requirements. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, um, yeah, that's that. They haven't passed the minimum height requirements. Please move along. Yeah, this isn't the ride you want to be on. <laughs> What's up? You got the bear hunt coming up. You've got, you got a deer hog hunting, hunt. obviously we all hog hunt. Any other anybody offer anything out west? You know, or are ta- you coming to Indiana anytime soon? <clears throat> we talked about uh you know, that's one of the possibilities next year is a coos deer hunt in Arizona. Uh I volunteer. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, wow, I was like, I've always dreamed of doing that myself. Yeah, and it's a foundation that uh has followed us for a few years and like, Hey, bring Kinsey out. We want to do a coos hunt, coos deer hunt. And they, they hunt private land. You know, I always think of, and when I've read about it, you know, I was like, okay, that could be tough because, you know, the great ghost, you know, not many of them, but he's like, yeah, we hunt private land because there's lots of coos deer. I was like, okay, yeah, I think we'd be all for that. So that's a possibility next fall. Hey, Always good to think years in advance versus anything else. Now, you guys do any draw hunts or? Yeah, we do. Has it all just been? We, uh, I put Kinsey in in Oklahoma. Oh, they have some disability hunts. Well, she can't get drawn. Mm -hmm. You know, never have gotten drawn. Uh, Yeah, it'll happen. Yeah, at some point. But, 
you know, it's one of those things going into it. I thought, okay, she can get drawn. Well, yeah, there's a lot of people put in for them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did get <clears throat> on myself, you know, kind of talk about how the drawing is. I put in, uh, I got drawn for antelope in the, in the panhandle of Oklahoma this year. Mm. You know, is where we have antelope. Well, it took me 28 yeah. years to get drawn. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I got, I got my notification. I was like, no way did I get drawn for this. I put in every year thinking, not expecting get dr- to get drawn. Now, is that you got to pay for it or is that like a free vo- drop? It's, it's basically a free. I mean, it costs you, you know, five, 10 bucks, you know, put in the application. Uh, now you do oh, have to. Yeah, I do it every. <clears throat> yeah, oh, yeah. Do it every year. Well, you know, you do. Oh, I would do. You have to find uh you have to find landowner permission. You know, that's the big kicker. Okay. Once you get but that being said, uh the farmers and ranchers out in the panhandle are typically more than tickled to have antelope killed. Because you know, they're a herd animal. You know, they and they're out there raising, you know, how many acres of wheat, uh corn, stuff like that. Well, they'll have a you know, fifty to seventy seventy antelope come in on that on that patch of alfalfa and they just lay down, you know, eat eat stand up, eat alfalfa when they want, lay back down. So yeah, they're they're usually happy to have antelope killed. Yeah, man, I can imagine they're grazing animals, not to mention if they get into cattle territory. And obviously cows can eat up a lot more, but so <clears throat> and they will they'll run through fences. You know, they don't jump over fences. They they uh, go underneath them. Well, if there's a if they're running fast, they'll break wires. You know they're having to replace fences. And I went out there two weeks ago to get my you know to meet the landowners I talked to on the phone. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, just come on, we're happy for you to happy for you to come get one. I'm surprised to be a draw hunt for them. Their numbers must be that low that they. Uh... Yeah, because actually we've only got two counties that have that you can antelope hunt. You know, it's the far western, very far western counties that board up to New Mexico, um, you know, out in that part of it. So, mm-hmm. big well, I just put in, yeah, I just put in for a draw hunt for dove, which all you have to do is get your migratory bird license and your HIPAA no, hip number for the migratory birds and small game hunting and, you know, the usual stuff. And it's actually free, but and you got to pick the dates, but now I have to wait till the sixth comes out before I can uh, find out if I got the draw or not. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. If the dove accents, no, good, just, yeah, they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, when DNR has the ability to put out sunflower seeds and I've learned from, you know, the first year I did dove hunting, my cousin and I, we went out, we didn't know anything about dove hunting this year. We know what is dove this past year. When we went, we only got one bird, but we found out when to dove hunt, which is either early morning or late at night. So, yeah, I mean, and it's usually, you know, when they're coming back from the water is when it's best to shoot them. And yeah, so I'll bring my two boxes, one to two boxes of shells. Yeah. And pray to God, I actually get more than one this year. <laughs> so, well, you want to remind people of where to come and reach uh, you and Kinsey at? Yeah, I'm at uh, on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Mike underscore Burnside underscore doing D O I N G underscore life. So it's Mike Burnside doing life with underscore in between each in, in under in between each letter uh, word. And <laughs> yeah, that'd I'm, be a little bit more complicated. <laughs> oh, I know. And I, 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 everything I looked at was all taken. I was like, how many Mike Burnsides are there in the world? And uh, I am going to try to 
I want to come up with something different. I was thinking about doing underscores and periods, making something short. But uh, yeah, right yeah. now that's all I could find. I, you know, the ones I couldn't believe everything I wanted was taken. Oh, it's always that way. Oh yeah, that's when I had. My, that's when I was getting my uh, Instagram up and my email up for this. I had to put the in front of it. <laughs> yeah. Which makes God else to ever have to make me change my uh, podcast name. I just put the the in front of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I might have to do something like that. You know, the Mike Burnside. That way they know, okay, they found the one. Hey, and you were going to tell everybody about another social media link? Yeah. (laughs) Before I interrupted you. On Facebook, it's just uh, Mike Burnside. And you can see, and like you said, you'll, you'll see all sorts of Mike Burnsides. But look with the one that uh, uh, Kenzie is in the uh, picture with me. It's her, you know, we're both in Hunter Orange. And it'll be uh, hey. myself and her in the picture. Hey, I mean, it's been, f- I know, and I will keep promoting you and Ken- uh, you and Kenzie. I mean, you guys are special. And Kenzie's a great hunter and everything. So, yeah. And so, and it's it's truly inspirational to see you guys get out and be able to get interact with nonprofits and just have family time. I uh, keep rooting for you and I'll keep sharing your stories. Well, thanks. We appreciate that. Yeah. It's neat to, it's neat to see how much she loves it and enjoy and enjoys it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Uh, thank you for coming on and telling more about uh, Kinsey and your, adventures and I hope to have you guys on again thank you Sean yeah I'll be uh, be following see what your stories are this fall how your hunts go right hopefully it's uh, morning dove big bucks and some ducks <laughs> yeah yeah right well thank you again for coming on and remember everyone stay adaptive stay adaptive